Welcome to Talking Marvel Plus. I'm Dennis. And I'm Dyer. And if you like episodes that kind of try to get time travel right, but still don't, this is the episode for you. It's string theory, Dyer. I don't think we had string theory. I don't think I could ever have enough time, money, or resources in the world to understand string theory. Yes, uh, we should probably tell the fine folks out there what this week's about. And this week we are talking about the 2014 X-Men film, Days of Future Past. Yeah, that was a little mind-boggling when I read that it came out in 2014 because it looks amazing. Like, for being an eight-year-old film... (laughs) You say that like it's 50 years old. Well, you've seen stuff. Remember how X1 and X2 looked? That was early 2000s. I'm still... Eight eight years ago... That was like 20 years ago. True, but eight, eight years in movie and technology is... But still, think, think of when think of in the year the year two thousand when, the when year 2000. movies from nineteen eighty looked like crap. True, that weren't Star Wars. First Star Wars came out in nineteen seventy nine. No, seventy seven. Yes, we just talked about this, I believe, last week. I think so, but you but, know, I just got to yeah, nineteen seventy. But that was like you know eighties ish, and it, and then when was uh, Return of the uh, Return, Return of the, the Jedi? was eighty six. I want to say. Yeah, and Empire. No, no, no. I think they were thin. 82? Hang on, I'll look it up. Yeah, look that up. I will. So I I do have a question for you. Okay. It has nothing to do with Days of Future Past, but it does have to do with Marvel. All right. Have you finished Hitmonkey yet? Uh, so, A New Hope was 1977. <laughs> Stop avoiding the question. Empire Strikes Back. Dyer was... hates plus-size women, and he also hates Hit Monkey. <laughs> Hit Monkey, now streaming on Hulu. Uh, this podcast is not brought to you by any interruptions, because we have no sponsors this week. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back I was 1980. That guy? Yeah. Uh, so, the, Strikes the, Back was 80. Truly free? Yeah. And then Return of the Jedi this, was 83. So 77, 80, 82. This, Sorry. thank you. Thank you. 1982. I believe that's what I said. 77, 80, and 83. Oh, I don't know why I thought you said 82. This program is brought to you with limited commercial interruptions by tampons. By by, uh, this program is brought to you with limited commercial interruptions by Brawny. Because when you make a spilled mess, have a hot metrosexual lumberjack clean it up for you. (laughs) Okay, so with the risk of taking a turn for the worst, (laughs) which which we are one to do with this program, we are. Do you think there is? <clears throat> porn parody of Mr. Clean and the Brawny guy just just doing it. 
<laughs> there is right there has to be if that's uh what's that rule 34 if you can think of it it's it's <laughs> it out exists, there it exists on the, there's a porn for it on the yeah, internet yeah i bet you could go on any you could go on reddit go on rule 34 the subreddit and look for mr clean and brawny and be there yeah and there's probably some weird stuff with the cottonelle bears there are no charm the charmin bears and Cottonelle's the uh, the teddy bear that uh, <laughs> Snuggles. You, yeah, Snuggles. You remember the episode <laughs> of Robot Chicken where like, Snuggles the, is like murderous? Well, that no, that, that there's that one, but there's one where the guy like rapes Snuggles and then like <laughs> and then washes him to get him clean. He goes, "Oh, you smell so good," and the cycle just repeats itself. Oh God, I kind of do. But I think I yeah. It's so disturbing, but yeah, so funny because Snuggles is like, no, no, don't do that. It's funny the way the brain works. It's funny the way the brain works. Yeah, because I can't someone had the to last come up time with I that. thought about that. Yeah, well, so um, <clears throat> I, bet you, I bet our listeners didn't expect us to be talking about Speaking of memory and recall, what happens in Days of Future Past? Um, they go back in time. Got to go back in time. You're right, but they go back in time. Does so? I have Do they a ever say gripes. what year it is at the beginning of the film where uh, it's Xavier supposed to be is narrating? I think it's supposed to be 2023. Yeah, I I think you're right. I uh, it, I could I didn't. Uh, I think it's supposed to be 2023. At least the research when I was looking at uh, afterwards. I mean, I get that this is. This that's kind. Of, I'm kind of okay with it because obviously we don't live in a world with mutants and superheroes that we know of. But I do have a problem with films set in the near future or science fiction where they're way too. Like I should never be. My rule of thumb is if you're making a movie that's sci-fi and you're trying to like be really advanced technologically and stuff, set it to the point where no one that's watching that's going to be alive by the time that you. So. Do you feel that way about Blade Runner then? Because it was made in 1987, but it was yes. set in like 2020. Yeah, I have that problem with Blade Runner. But nobody in 1987, you know, knew what 2020 was going to. I mean, I can see where you're coming from, though. But, but okay, but okay. So, so you're Runner talking about like, 1980, what? I think 87. Okay, so 1987. So we'll just call that. It was, and it's set in what year you said? I think 2020. Okay, we'll say it's set in 2020. So we're talking about 33 years. 33 years. So do you think people in the in 1987 19, didn't think they'd be alive well, no, in 33 no. years? In, in 19, I'm trying to do the math. Was 33 years before that? 1954. 54. Do you think people in 1954 thought their world was going to be radically different in 1987? Maybe. I don't know. I think <laughs> I think there was a tendency to set actually anything before 1960, they just said the year 2000 because it was like right. Oh, so you're talking so like future. you're talking like if you're going to do something like that, make the year like 2999 or 3000 or something like that. Or just like 100 years in the future. Okay. So because you don't think you don't think I'm going to live to be 135? No, I don't. <laughs> How rude. But if you do, 
You do. I'm, I'm laughing is, on you. I'm not going to be watching. Your... You're not going to be watching a movie that came out a hundred years before. I'm laughing at your grave if I live to be 135. You'll play this back. So that's, but I like. I guess my point is, I usually have a problem with it. I guess I don't really have a problem with it in this because it's mutant world. But the the movie opens up with. Ooh, can we before we do that? Can we talk about how the credits of every single X Men that we've watched? What, X1, X2, The Last Stand, um, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, they've all kind of been that whole DNA sequence futuristic. Yeah, thing. which I'm honestly I'm kind of tired of seeing. I see, I thought I thought this one was the better of all of them. Well, yeah, the I CGI it, was much better. That well, was yeah, true. the main problem but, with most of them. But I liked it. Like you know, and the, how they had the casually they had the the x-men theme from the first one under you know the music as it was starting and everything so i mean anyway so sorry to get off on a tangent there for a second yeah well so this opens up with the basically you've got professor x narrating essentially mutants and essentially humans are hunting down the mutants in the future Right, but you get you get an opening, which essentially it's like a concentration camp. The people, the mutants they've rounded up, and the people that they've helped, um, are yes. That is not the only trope you get, although it wasn't Holocaust, <laughs> but but there's clearly allusions to the Holocaust. There's a theme, yeah. There's kind of a theme. Which, as we have established, almost every X Men has to reference the Holocaust. Every film. We also have to have shirtless X Men and fully nude and Hugh Jackman's. Yes, but uh, basically, the remaining they're, they're, mutants are on the run. The mutants are on the run is what's going on here. And so, yeah, Kitty Pride realizes I can send people back in time, which she's been doing well, with Bishop. She can't really send the person she can send the consciousness back and to their future self no to their past, uh, their, their past self, self not the their future self, self their future consciousness yeah. back to their and not like a whole long time just like maybe a month or two or something like that yeah they, well because they established because then they're the ones that are left which you've got kitty pride you've got bishop you've got Charles. uh warpath you've got bobby drake so before we get too far, Magneto. Before we get too far into this whole rabbit hole of the movie and everything, this is based off the ex, the Days of Future Past comic, which spawned the Days of Future Past TV animated part of the X-Men the segment. Yeah, I've watched, I've actually gone back and rewatched that. Probably it's probably been about ten years ago. It's not like not I great. remember it. It doesn't hold up like I remember. But the bishop stuff, I remember the bishop stuff being so yeah, let's let's cool. get into a little bit of that. So I did a little bit of I did a little bit of a deep dive in the comic, Kitty Pride, who's known as Kate Pride in the comics, changed she sends herself back and kind of um Mystique still kills Senator Kelly. So it's not Senator Kelly was the guy that turned the gloop in the first one, in the first X-Men. You know, that gets uh, mutated back. So she, Mystique still kills him and still kind of kicks off this whole thing where mutants are trying to 
They're trying to round him up and get rid of them. In the animated series, in fact, that comic was uh, rated as like the in the top 25 of best all-time comics. In the animated series, the Bishop takes the role of the Kitty Pride, but it's he his entire, I guess, body, his entire body and mind go back. Yeah, and, it's a very because Wolverine wants to do it in the animated series, and Bishop's like, "No, you're too old. You never survive it." <laughs> Which they explain that in this movie, it's explained as Logan's his, the only one that can do it. The only one that can. Because- healed because it is regenerating yeah but i guess they were referencing his current future like his current future body would have to heal because he's going back to his future self which isn't experiencing the it's just his consciousness so does so does that make logan immune to mental illness then is that what they're saying I don't know. Can it heal itself from mental? It, not explained doesn't need to be explained, but I, right. I, am I supposed to? Because it doesn't make sense that his past body would be experiencing trauma. It's it's essentially. They don't, I get it's not really important. It's essentially his present mind is in kind of like pushes his old consciousness he's got brain so, he's got he's got wi-fi brain wi-fi that goes back well, to his future body well you've seen this in all these tropes where like somebody like here's how i liken it to like possession right we've all seen those possession movies like the exorcist where reagan's normal and then like with the flip of a switch the demons talking or whatever yes. that's kind of what happened that's kind of how i compare it to this wolverine or jimmy um because his name's james howlett yeah, that's, that's why referenced. the girl in bed calls him Jimmy. Um, who, who was supposed to just be protecting him, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, you protect a boss's daughter, you don't sleep with her, um, was the quote. Um, <laughs> but so, like, his consciousness goes in and pushes, like, takes over his old, like, his current consciousness in the 70s, in 73. But before we even get to that, Dennis and I were talking off air a couple of weeks ago. Um, when we were watching X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes. And I brought it up to Dennis and I said, how in the hell was Professor <laughs> Professor Xavier able to walk when he walked so off the Blackbird? I, I think we had an offline discussion about this. We did. Um, and I have the... And you you have the answer. So I, I'm actually... I'm, I'm sure the listeners will be eager because it was very confusing and troubling. Is. But I also wanted to point out, did you know that allegedly X-Men Origins Wolverine takes place in the 70s? I mean, I didn't know that's like the main time frame because they switch, like they go through time frames so quick. Like in the 1800s when he's in the war. That's why the motorcycle's old. It's an old bodied motorcycle. The truck that he goes to work in, and like his wife or girlfriend's driving, the CIA lady, right? But it's we also know truck. too. It makes sense some of the scene dressing. Yeah, but we also know too that you know the scene where him and Sabretooth or Storm and Normandy is forty-two. You know, so, <laughs> so I think the, it's the not out of films the allegedly in this. So, so 
what I'm saying is in Days of Future Past and X-Men Origins, Logan could have encountered wait, no, no, because it was just his mind. So Logan Well, we, we see we see though that Logan doesn't Logan meets Stryker and he doesn't who because when he goes to defend himself against the, the the thugs or the goons, he's got bone claws. So he hasn't been subjected to the Weapon X program yet. I'm gonna say I'm going to say I'm going to suppose that the lady the boss's daughter that he's sleeping with is the CIA chick and that's how they met. No, you're wrong. Completely. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so here's the theory on how Professor uh Xavier can walk, right? So uh the X-Men Origins uh Wolverine movie came out in 2009 as we know and it served as the prequel for the original X3 trilogy. And the bulk of that movie was set in the 70s. The yes. walking bald Professor Xavier at the end of Origins is just the younger version of Xavier, the older version of whom we see in the original trilogy. Here's the continuity error, though. If he is, because we see Xavier in this one, and it's set in 73, and he has long hair, and he's young, so he doesn't he can't age that quickly in six years. But anyway, at the end of X-Men First Class, we see Xavier losing his legs in the 60s with his full head of hair, which is a continuity error. Correct. One way to explain it is explain it away is by assuming that it was not the real Xavier we saw, but a tev- telepathic projection of Xavier in a wheelchair. Or somewhere nearby, probably inside the jet. Of course, that wouldn't explain how uh, Xavier was walking when he met young Raven. So, yeah, it's a continuity error, pretty much. Um, But then you also could say, when did... The fact that there's time travel, though... No, 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 it doesn't. Because we're going to see... Have you seen Apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse? I I don't believe so. Okay, there's something, and I won't spoil it for you. There's something happens there that once you watch it, you're going to realize how bad they screwed the pooch with Xavier walking. walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to realize how big, how, well, that and like, you know how I just read, like well, he was the younger version of himself, but in the, we see him in. Well, in with this, X-Men Origins. Let me think this through. So with X-Men Origins, or excuse me, X3, where because Xavier, you know, quote, dies. He does. There are theories that he transplants his brain into his somebody brother. else's body. And then... <laughs> well, it wouldn't be his brain. It'd just be his consciousness. His consciousness, yes. Um into another body and then broke the legs and had reconstructive surgery. This is a theory that's out there. And it's actually scary how predominant it is. So anyway, when we watch Apocalypse, you will figure something out because there's if Origins Wolverine is set in the 70s and Days of Future Past is set in 73 for the most part, there's no way that he goes from James McAvoy to Sir Patrick Stewart in that in seven years. But there's going to be something that you're going to see 
in Apocalypse that will change your mind. So, yeah, essentially the Sentinels, man, I keep putting this off on tangents and I'm sorry, but I don't like the way the Sentinels are designed in this movie. Which ones? Um, All of them. Because the future ones. They remind, you know what they remind me of? The bad, the final boss fight in Thor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's I was trying to figure out what it was, but the way that every time I watch it, I go, that's didn't Thor fight this? You know, I get that. um, The problem I have is that they go from very mechanical to like this amoebus metal thing that adapts and evolves. And I don't know exactly how that works because they got basically at that point, they got Raven at that point. They basically, yes. But at that point they've basically cloned an organism. It doesn't make sense. Right. I want the Sentinels from the nineties animated series. Damn it. Yes. Which I feel like the, so we got that next three, didn't we? Yeah. And they were there when they're in the war room. We we get that because yeah, but Wolverine they're, cuts off. They're, the... they're not like as predominant as you'd want, but they're not bad. No, the ones in this film look like something Tony Stark designed. Yeah, yeah, and then at the end of the movie where they have like the the past ones, those were okay, but I didn't like the whole. Um, you know their whole middle of their stomach area as like the jet propulsion thing like i don't know maybe just because i'm a maybe i'm a sucker for the 90s stuff but like the 90s ones had rockets and their boots you know and the base of their feet and everything and like that was that's the quintessential sentinel so hashtag not my sentinel <laughs> uh, from days of future past so all the mutants are getting hunted down by the Sentinels. Uh, So, and then we see the Sentinels kill Iceman. We see them kill Bishop. No, I'm sorry. Bishop and Kitty are running to assume, we don't know it at the time, but to transfer his consciousness back to how many ever days, hours, months beforehand. So it's like it never happened. So therefore, that's kind of a small retcon of itself because everybody there essentially it never happened so and then i thought it was really cool when they all landed in china and wolverine steps off the the blackbird and he lights up his cigar and you can tell it's older right because well he's got the silver streaks in the side of his hair uh you know he's got the silver uh you know kind of like kind of like old man logan kind of yeah no that was pretty cool the way yeah essentially so it's Professor X, it's Magneto, it's Kitty Pride, it's it's Iceman, it's Colossus, it's Wolverine, it's Storm. Presumably, uh, Cyclops and Jean died uh, at some point because it, it was implied they're, they're not there. Um, but they know this all stems from the Paris Peace Accords in '73. So they're going to try, don't they, do they want to send Charles back first? Yes. Well, it was Charles idea. Right. And, and then he wants to go back and she's like, no, you can't. You know. Well, and then Kitty's Logan's like, I can't send one. people back that far. Like, yeah. They can do plus, like a month tops. And she goes, plus if, if I did that, like your body, your body couldn't handle it. So Wolverine's like, what if it's, you know, 
what if he regenerated or what if so essentially he could he drafts himself to go yeah logan's like i can i can do it um so yeah then he, he wakes up boss's daughter scene ha 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 <laughs> uh yeah do we really need a gratuitous backside shot of hugh jackman it must be in his contract he like he works so, so hard to look so good that he I wants, read a quote about that. He just wants uh, to be bare-assed in every Wolverine. Appearance. He said, in Australia, because he's from Australia. So in Australia, when you wake up with a hot girl in your bed, uh, you're not wearing boxers or anything. You're as stark as the day was born. He goes, so that's what I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and then I, I like the, the line when the henchmen bust into the room. And he, he says, would, I, would, you believe, would you believe if I said I just got here because I'm from the future? 20, 20 seconds ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was clever. Uh, I will say they do a pretty good job with this film keeping the, keeping the suspension of disbelief going and keep the story pretty tight. But why would they just not send them a little bit further back and just kill Trask when he was a baby? Well, that gets into a whole paradox, uh, you know, going back and killing baby Hitler. Somebody more <laughs> evil would, just... would come along. Yeah, essentially. But I think you solved that. But it's not it's not killing Trask. Killing Trask is the whole thing that kicks off the Sentinel program. Only because of the way it turns out. Well, they said at the beginning, like Raven kills Trask and then it just sets up there. And then the government like fast tracks the Sentinel program. So Killing Trask was never the answer. It was always stopping Raven. It was always True. killing. It was always having Raven not kill Trask. Yeah, I think maybe that's why this film I I enjoyed and didn't, but I didn't. I won't say I loved this film. It was really good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. A lot of it but just feels some, without not without consequence. It just feels so helpless. There's some plot holes there. And there's yes. some continuity issues if you really look into them. So the whole hand wavy thing of like Xavier can walk now because he has a serum that Beast made for him. Why doesn't Beast just make more of that serum? But I guess it's like supposed to be a whole learning, right? He's he's learned from his why ways. Why would he? Well, what do you mean? Why doesn't he make more of that serum? So Professor X can walk and he can be normal again or look normal. Well, but the problem is he it, it inhibits his powers. Right. It's mutant heroin, essentially, based on that's a, that's exactly what it is. But yeah. what had happened, essentially, what I think what I'm what I'm saying is look, Professor X grew, right? Because he was down in the dumps because Raven left and because Magneto left and because all these people got killed and so he was down on himself so he just wanted to take away the pain and by doing that by taking this mutant heroin he could walk because it helps he it heal his spinal cord yes but he lost his telekinetic powers and his and his psychic powers and everything like that well it was like his it changed his mutant power to have the ability to heal his spine it was also not explained how it worked did you like the cameo of Ralph Boner? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really a cameo. It was right. He had a major role to play. Um, did you speaking of that? Did you notice it? Lo- go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, Go ahead. Did you notice at the <laughs> at the end when Magneto's having his speech, Quicksilver sitting in the living room with a little redheaded girl on his lap? Yeah. And Ralph we are Burnham. all well, Quicksilver and Wanda, right? Wanda Maximoff. Yes. And like their mom's looking. He actually says at one point, he goes, So you can like uh bend metal, huh? My mom dated a guy that uh, that could do that, and everybody, like all the fans are going, "Oh my gosh, ah, it's his dad! It's his dad!" Yes, because you know, because that's Magneto what it is, is canonically. Yes, I wonder what they're going to do if they're going to introduce that in Multiverse of Madness. They have to. The Ralph Boner, yeah, you got to have Ralph Boner. Not Ralph Boner. Have you watched the trailer for Multiverse of Madness? Yeah, it looks great. Did you hear the? Did you hear the, the one voice that everybody knows? The person that goes, maybe we should tell him the truth. No, I, I didn't. It's Patrick Stewart. Ooh, ooh, interesting. And they're doing like that. the, they're doing the Illuminati storyline from, uh, from like uh, the Avengers, like yeah. essentially in an alternate world where Ultron never went crazy. Like they used. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, it looks good. It looks awesome. Amazing. Back to this film, Days of Future Past. So yeah, Logan goes. And finds Xavier at the mansion, tries to convince him, you know, I'm from the future and you sent me here to which because he tries to get him to read his he's like, just read my mind and you'll you'll right, he can't and he can't. If we're going back to the future, um, well, not back to because you know, remember they always tell him time travel, like you can't you can't interact with your future pat, like your your past self. Because like it'll cause a paradox, it'll cause. They even kind of do that in. They solved that problem with the way they did the consciousness teleportation, right? But you know they kind of get sorry. They kind of they kind of skirt around it in game too, right? Because like they can't necessarily deal with their past selves or anything yeah. like that so but anyway go continue so what what trope from marvel films do we get next well the shirtless book shirtless what's the, scene no what's the first book of action or the first action they take to then try to stop raven they have a jailbreak scene they oh that's right yeah you yeah, yeah. know out of the pentagon prison because he was uh, apparently killed JFK. Yeah, and I'm trying to yes, which we find out was not the case. He was trying to save him because JFK was a mutant, apparently. Yes, which I would have loved to know what his abilities were. Uh, womanizing and getting away with it. He didn't get away with it. He ended up dead. <laughs> well, Marilyn Monroe, I'm pretty sure, didn't shoot him. So well, we don't know, do we? Magneto just curved the bullet. Maybe that's why Marilyn Monroe is dead. She killed JFK and was suicided. Yeah, well. Doubt it. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. But Yeah, so so they do a jailbreak. Remind me, who was it that knew Quicksilver existed? Logan. How did Logan know Quicksilver existed? He must have known him from a previous movie because, like he said, I know a guy, a kid... He goes, well, he may be a young adult now, or he may be a little older now. I don't think they ever explain that either. Yeah, I don't think so. But 
like they go down to the basement and he like has all these little Debbies. He has all these hostesses. Uh, he has all these TVs uh, that he's, you know, he has a pong arcade cabinet that he's stolen. He's playing ping pong by himself. He's running back and forth. Um, he's like, you can't prove anything. He thinks they're cops or they're from the CIA, but they're not. Um, and, then, and then Professor X is like, show him. And like, he, his claws come out. And he's like, whoa, cool. Um, he's like, hey, we need your help breaking in somewhere. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. He goes, the Pentagon. He's like, oh, okay, you have my attention. Yeah, and we don't get, it's not a prison of plastic. It's a prison of cement. Cement and sand because it was during the war when they built it. World War II, where metal was short, so they, they made have, it primarily out of concrete and sand. They said they have plastic guns. With sur- did you notice that they were poly- like ceram- thermoceramic rounds? Yes, because it's like that can't be a plastic round, so it was essentially ceramic. But here's my question: in the kitchen, when they shoot the gun, you see fire in the barrel. Right. Yeah. Usually, in a regular bullet, you have a casing, a metal casing, and on that metal casing is a is a pin that the firing pin hits, which has a propellant in it, which pushes the bullet out. What kind of casing are they going to use on a thermoceramic round, and how is it going to create fire? Future tech from the but 70s. this is in the past. This is in the seventies. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're. Um, I think you're going to one layer too deep, at least. I don't know. I don't but I do so. remember. So, spoiler: um, they do get Charles out. Um, Not but Charles. The, Eric. No, excuse me, Magneto. They get Magneto out of Pentagon Prison, thus completing the trope of Prison Break. But the scene with um, Quicksilver. In the kitchen is probably the best scene in the whole film as far as yeah. an action sequence. Did you know? Here's a trivia question for you. What was the name of the song and who sings it? Jim Croce, It's Time in a Bottle. We hope you were playing along at home. If you had Jim Croce and Time in a Bottle, you win a prize pack. So essentially, Quicksilver starts playing that song in his headphones and he runs around and does all these things to the, to the security guards. He makes, he puts two with the crisscross their guns. I love how it, it, the movements he does to the people, he like pokes them, but it's like amplified because he's going so fast. I mean, honestly, it's what the flash does, right? Like they, that's how the flash does it. Like, you know, just a basically any, and I was reading some trivia on this, I guess not some trivia, just some, I was reading some things on this. They said Brian Singer shot that in like, I want to say like a thirty six hundred ratio or something. Like, well, they said it was all done mostly with practical effects, with the exception of like the projectiles, and obviously they did some in the water and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm but not like, sure what that even they, means because they shot they were... it differently. Is what I'm saying. Like he used a different camera and different film to shoot that than the other regular scenes. Yeah, and it was very. I, <laughs> Do you remember all? I remember the Burger King ad that was basically that scene, but with a Whopper. Yeah, I think so. I think I remember that as well. Um, but then so after, sin- go ahead. 
Oh, I was gonna I was gonna kind of move it forward after yeah. that. Then yeah. they're on the private jet, which I guess someone's got a jet. I think they That's stole it. Didn't they steal from the Pentagon? Did they steal it? I think so. It's not not really explained. It wasn't the Blackbird, which would have made sense, right? Made more sense. But like Professor X has his petty party on himself, and like he he wants to fight with Magneto, and Magneto just like straight up like goes off on him. He's like, where were you when Azazel died? And uh, where were you when everyone from the last movie died that we didn't? Well, we also, did you, we, we missed a, we missed a whole scene, <laughs> quote unquote. Uh, well, it was a scene, but Mystique breaks into Traska's office and finds the autopsy file of the mutants he's been trying to use to make these sentinels. Yeah, we we've kind of been her B storyline. We've kind of not talked yeah. about because there's also did you notice where she goes to Vietnam? Did you and, notice the mutants? Like they showed Azazel, um, the guy from First Class. Yeah, the guy did not like. Well, the uh, the Nightcrawler pretty yeah, much guy. He annoyed me. But they showed him and a, and a few others and um. We get so yeah, uh, but we get towed. Did you know we get towed in this movie? We did, yeah. When she goes in to Vietnam, in the Vietnam, yeah, and like, oh, Havoc, yeah, because he's got the big weird goggle things. Havoc, the guy that's like Cyclops esque that can shoot power beams out, he's there. And I didn't think the guy that had the porcupine quills in his head would like cause people to just stroke out i thought his porcupine quills would have shot out or something but yeah and then what about the what about the guy that has the biohazard symbol on his hand that just makes the people throw up and poop their pants (laughs) that's a pretty fun power honestly right you're like hey you cut me off in traffic (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah her b storyline isn't great but it's a kind of the whole premise of the movie yeah and then the after they're in Paris trying to sign. Essentially, it's the piece of Trask is trying to get the Sentinel program off the ground and trying to get everybody like he's safe. Like, Congratulations on winning a war, but there's another war coming and it's the mutants. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, we get that's, into that that's whole... the whole premise of what he's trying to do, which is Peter Dinklage. And which is a uh, great actor. So did you notice that his. Did you notice anything about his appearance that was different than everybody else? He had a mustache. <laughs> yes, he had a mustache. Nobody else did. Ding, 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 ding. That's exactly yes. what I was getting at. No, he's, he's he a munchkin. Wearing, to make him stand out more like a weirdo, they had him wearing clothing from the 80s, where everybody else is in the 70s. Really? Like He's got like a 1980s businessman like power suit. If you go back and watch, and I, I saw some trivia on that, and that was a... Because I'm like, why is... Because I'm like his, I noticed like his clothing is just different, and he's dressed. If you go back and look at scenes, like oh yeah, his clothing doesn't match everybody else's. No, I'll have to go back and because I didn't and, notice. Oh, that. it's not because it's you know made for a three foot ten guy. So he said, I saw a quote from him where he was talking with Brian Singer, and he said that uh, the reason that they he cast him to play Trask. Is because he thought being a, a a little person was it was kind of a mutation in itself, you know. He didn't really fit in. He was ostracized. Sure, he doesn't have claws coming out of his hands or or ice powers or any yes. telekinetic powers. But you know, he was kind of so that's why 
Brian Singer, who apparently no wait, was it him or Brett Ratner? Which Brian one do we say? The, the little Singer. kids. What, what? Brian Singer was the director. Yeah, but which one we said the little boys? Brian Singer. Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the yeah. diddler. He's the diddler, not Brett Ratner, <laughs> as we found out. <laughs> Brett Ratner is essentially the OG. Yeah. So they try to. That this is the scene where we first get the attempt to kill Trask by right. Raven, Mystique, Mystique Raven, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to call her. Um, Magneto tries to kill her. Miss it. Well, she jumps out of a window, and then like, is she planning on landing in the grass? Where's she planning on landing? Because like, you don't jump, and then she like gets hit in the calf with a bullet, and then she just like falls like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, and then she just lumps around. Yeah, and it would be so easy to find her like when she's in like a different disguise because you just look for the person that's limping. Yeah, right. Or the or blood. You know, which also makes me question her powers, right? Because if she can change her matter to, is it just like the outer layer of cells that she's able to change? I guess because I mean, like it's one of those it's one of those powers. Like you can do this with several X Men, but if you really start to like think about their power, it starts to not make sense. Wolverine's about the only one I can think of that makes perfect sense. He's pretty much indestructible it's simple the, the ones with simple powers are good but the ones that are basically just there for convenience of plot so the convenience of plot element does cause problems with mystique but it's obviously necessary and it on concept it's like something that a like would a 10 year old think it's cool that you can change your appearance yes oh hell yeah Absolutely. That, that, that's the rule of thumb when you're making an X-Men character. Can you imagine? A ten-year-old think this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Look at look at Cyclops. Is it awesome that I can shoot laser beams from my eye? Yes. Is it practical? Probably no. not. It would be very it, problematic. Is it practical? I have to wear these weird uh funky glasses on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, you think they have like contacts? You think you just like wear like like beta blocker or like blue blocker contacts you think by some point in the future they would have made some sort of technology where you can just wear contacts yeah or like monocles you know hello (laughs) just a couple monocles on his eye well yeah what if out of his convenience he just decides to go um blind he blinds himself in one eye rips out his eyeball and then just has a monocle (laughs) ah yes Hmm. my name is Cyclops, it fits now. <laughs> there needs to be a 1920s X-Men comic book where they all go back in time to the 1920s and Cyclops is walking around with a monocle. Yes. <laughs> and Xavier's got a top hat. And a cane, needs to happen. even though he's in yes. a wheelchair. Yeah, and Wolverine's clearly just a mob boss. No, Wolverine's a uh, just like a fishmonger. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be good. It needs to happen. A Marvel, we're, we're available. And reach out to us. We'll give you the story. You, you and it's gotta it be. Anime. It's gotta be like a Wanda. Like Wanda needs to make them think they're in the 1920s. Yeah, yeah. It it could get weird. They could get weird with it. Is what I'm saying. They can make it work. So 
I have a question. When Magneto like left and he went to go get his helmet, do they just have a room where there's just the helmet wings and a the chest plate of the guy that can Yeah, why do they keep the wings from the girl that from uh what's her name? Butterfly? What was her name like, from why do they keep the chest First plate class. of the guy that could shoot the, the lasers out? Like yeah. uh I don't understand why they why and they, it's just like and it's one just room. Yeah, are they like planning on like putting more memorabilia of mutants in there? Yeah, it almost looked like the same. Like obviously, I didn't expect this, but you would almost think that, um, <laughs> like, you expect Sam Jackson to walk out and be like, "Welcome to the Avengers Initiative." Yeah. Part two. <laughs> Does he look like a bitch? <laughs> like it was weird. It was like a very. Yeah, it was a weird part. Yeah. I think they just like wanted to showcase it of him getting his. You think those guys are dead that he had the balls hit in the head? He, they have oh, to, for right? sure. For sure. Especially the one that was like he's sitting at his desk and when he goes to pick up the phone. He just gets two balls to the temple and just <laughs> like two yeah. steel balls. <laughs> two balls to the temple is actually the name of that uh, Mr. <laughs> Clean Mr. Brownie porno Brownie commercial. Or Porto. Does he rip out the entire like baseball stadium in Washington? Yeah. Also, does ba- does Washington have a baseball team? Washington in the 70s? Didn't have a baseball team in the seventies. The Montreal Expos, right? Well, the, the Montreal. Well, there were the. What? I don't know. Also, I guess the point was to trap everyone around the White House so they couldn't get out. But, but you, his, it's a state like it's a baseball stadium. Not the most practical. It didn't seem practical. Like if you're gonna rip anything, you, you and rip that groundskeeper out. was probably fucking pissed as shit. He's like, oh, I just like, did all his day doing this myself. He throws his hat down like one of those old like uh, the guys in the cartoon. Ah, oh, darn it! Ah, oh, darn it! Bam, 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 kicking bam, his hat. Bam. Yeah, just yeah. His hat. Like, or you think he just looks and says, "Finally, I'm fucking done," and walks away. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Because I mean, basically, we, we kind of jumped there, but yeah, Mystique runs away from Paris. They use mm, We get the whole scene with her in the hospital, and she's like, the "Nurse is like, can you imagine being born that way and looking at yourself in the mirror, you stupid mutant?" Yeah, and she's like, "Yes, I can. Yes, 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 I can." Yeah, but Nixon's gonna unveil because the event in Paris spurred everybody to go, oh shit, the mutants can be threatening. Did you see that lady, that blue lady that jumped out of a building? And didn't die. Vietnamese. Did you see that naked blue lady that jumped out of the window? Yeah, we probably should kill them. Yeah. And so Nixon Nixon gets up there and says, I'm not a crook. (laughs) Then this is where a few people know this is where he actually plans to get Bender's body to put his head on in the year <laughs> 3000. Yes. Yeah, so before we kind of talk about the rest of the movie, just a bit of trivia about this film. Okay, go for it. And this is a segment that started last week that I'm titling Bullshit IMDB Trivia of the Week. Oh, yeah. Shooting. Okay, this is directly from IMDB. Shooting went on under the working title, Hello Kitty. This refers to X-Men member Kitty Pride, played by Elliot Page. There's no way. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Like, 
I mean, anybody can. Anybody, no, seriously, anybody can get on IMDb and type 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 yeah, something in. But they're the Wikipedia of movie sources. There's 546 people out of the out of 546 people that upvoted or downvoted that. How many people do you think found that information quote useful? One. 524. I'm surrounded by morons, Dyer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> a staggering amount of people found that informative. I mean, uh, is, clearly they're signing like everyone know like what would be the point of having a working title when you're make, adapting an existing storyline called Days of Future Past that is what's going to put asses in the seats. But right. Hello Kitty, isn't there like a play called like Hello Dolly? Does it have to do with time travel? Time travel? Like I'm trying to yeah. figure out like was is that a joke, like an inside joke that like the people on the film would thought was funny? It had to be. Like, there, is there what? Isn't it Hello Dolly a thing? Yeah, yeah, it is. Does it have to do with killing presidents and? No. <laughs> What's Hello Dolly about? Like, if I could see if you could make a parallel between the two, I would get it. But I, I would think the trivia would say because of a striking resemblance to the storyline of Hello Dolly, the. Working title for the people on set. Are you ready for Hello this? Kitty. Yes, I'm ready for this. Hello Dolly is a 1964 musical with lyrics and music by Jerry Herman and a book by Michael Stewart based on Thornton Wilder's 1938 farce, The Merchant of Yonkers, which Wilder revisited, revised, and retitled The Matchmaker in 1955. The musical follows the story of Dolly Gallagher Levi. A strong-willed matchmaker, she travels to Yonkers, New York, to find a match for the misery, well-known, unmarried, half-a-millionaire Horace Vandergilder. Sounds terrible. It does sound terrible. <laughs> but it's about a matchmaker. I don't think that's what I bet that's means. the song, Matchmaker, Matchmaker, Find Me a Match. That's, yeah. Okay, so we learned something. I, for some reason, know titles of musicals from the 60s. Nothing's ever been, nothing ever has been or will be original. Oh my gosh. That was an adaption a, of an adaption of an adaption. Is there's a cool? song, there's a musical song called The Waiter's Gallop. I want to listen to it now. <laughs> okay. Well, interesting. I don't, sure. I don't, I'm trying to think of how that plot could somehow be related to this it's not it's so, not it's just kitty pride you imdb for your bullshit trivia of the week okay so we're in washington dc the right. sentinels have gone ham ham because we saw a scene earlier where magneto had the railroad ties go into like he's controlling them based on the metal put, right yeah the metal that he put into them yeah but how does so, it control the electronics? Well, he they they were all this new like polymer that didn't have so he all he has to do is have some sort of metal well, in no, there. No, but but how does he, he control, control fire? Everything. Huh? He inserts metal into them and somehow is able to make them fire their weapons. It's magneto. I mean, I don't know, dude. That that also bothered me because that's how does that work? Like there's clearly computer components in there they have lots of artificial intelligence not sure how being able to control metal with magnetism allows you to fire things 
Magneto has a bunch yeah. of like, him. He's like a classified mutant. I don't know. I can't tell you. Okay. I'm just that that is I think the last of my major issues that I realize suspension of disbelief I can enjoy it for what it was but if you really start to peel the layers of this onion back things start to fall apart it's held together pretty flimsy the whole premise is set up based on time travel which right there you're you're already treading on on we all agreed though the the best movie recently to do time travel was Endgame yes yeah um, because they don't, they don't. The thing about it, overdo the it. whole thing isn't time. Like this film is established; it is set in a world. The whole thing time, time travel. travel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are in time travel world. Endgame is using time travel as a. It's kind of a byway, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's just that ends to a mean. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we get uh, president gets put into the safe room. Uh, surprise! It's all made of metal. It's a metal tube, or it's a metal box under the ground. Hmm. hmm. Um, <laughs> Magneto pulls it out. He's gonna kill everybody. Mystique shoots him through the neck, uh, yes. like the meat of the neck. Takes his helmet off. Charles reasons with him. Magneto goes by. Uh, Raven doesn't kill Trask. But, like, I love how this is going on, the battle at the White House, but they're also concurrently, they're showing the future with all the Sentinels and everything. Yeah, the like Sentinels that, that was awesome, right? Yeah. Like, Storm dies, uh, Magneto gets stabbed. Um, in a last-ditch effort, they kind of try to seal it up because Kitty's still keeping Wolverine in that, in that stasis between yes. his consciousness being in the past and present. Bobby, gonna uh, take it back to the past. Bobby, uh, extra movies that he's the, kind of suck, the suck ass. ass. <laughs> We're gonna talk about Days of Future Past and then Apocalypse and then Dark Phoenix. It's I hope the, it doesn't suck as bad as Daniel has made us think. It does uh, not good. We um, are for the talking talking Marvel Marvel podcast. Podcast. Okay. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so right at the very end, the Sentinels finally get into the room where Wolverine and Professor X is and everything. Professor X kind of like puts his hands up to protect himself. He does a "You shall not pass." That's Ian McKellen that does that, not Patrick Stewart. So <laughs> same anyway, thing. He, he's doing not the, even, not even he's just not because they're both sirs and British doesn't mean they're the same people. No, no, he's just doing the. You cannot get past me. Long story short, uh, then we cut to the ne- He's got a hover wheelchair, therefore not a not a wheelchair. If it's hovering, <laughs> just gonna point that out there. And then in the next the scene, well, in like the next half second, the the room's gone. Like from the beginning, everybody's gone. So it worked. Um, Logan wakes up. He's back in the mansion. Uh, he walks out. He sees Bobby and Rogue holding hands. And he gets all excited because he sees. Well, we don't. We haven't even. We get Kelsey Grammer back in like thir- a 30 second cameo as Beast. Yes. Uh, and then he sees Jean Grey and he gets all excited again. Uh, and, and he then goes to touch her. Scott, Mar- Scott Marston says, Get the fuck out of here. Essentially. Um, oh, I need to go back in the past. I need to go, need back. To go back. I need to go back. 
then he has a heart to heart. Rock to getting. Uh, Professor X goes, "Hey, don't you have a history class to teach?" And he goes, "You're gonna have to help me from." I'm a little fuzzy 70- on the details. And he goes, "Logan, it's so good to have you back." He's like, "They're gonna catch up," and then that's pretty. And so essentially, all we surmise from this is that X Days of Future Past retconned everything from X one through X three, and now we're moving into X Men Apocalypse. Did you watch the post credit? I did. Did you know who that is? You'll learn. You'll learn who that is. It's Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Apocalypse is a mutant. Yes. And the Four Horsemen are mutants. Yes. And there's pyramid shit going on. Oscar Isaac plays Apocalypse. Yeah. Probably one of his weaker roles. It's not. Uh, this is, in my opinion, I think Daniel can agree with this. I feel like I've seen some of it, but Apocalypse never... is kind of really where it starts to go off the rails. And then they didn't need to make Dark Phoenix, but they did. So well, and like first class was mm, they they had something with the the be- the early age ages of the x-men and then they were like yeah let's go back to the original cast because that's what well so ian mckellen and patrick stewart when was um approached by brett Ratner, and brett Ratner, brian singer and asked to be in this film and he's they were like we thought that we gave those roles up to mcavoy and and fassbender and i, I bet they looked at each other and go this motherfucker wants us to be in another movie. They were actually in a play. To, they're actually doing Macbeth together. I Are they? No, no, no. Like back when that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's happened, right. They yeah. were like doing a show, a play together in England somewhere. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of Macbeth. Yeah. And then uh, Mr. Jedler came up and uh, asked him <laughs> to be in the movie. And they're like, uh, well, we thought we were done with this. Yeah. Uh, excuse but, me sir we're both old as shit and we would not want to be in your performance but you can go fuck oh, right you'll pay me how many millions sure oh, uh hugh jackman's gonna be in it <laughs> slap my ass and call me sally i'm in <laughs> is he gonna be bare-assed <laughs> because i'd really love to see huge jackman uh so my one gripe with hugh jackman is wolverine he's not short enough you say this every time we talk about the x-men well, that's true. It's a newsflash. He's still not short enough. Damn it. Oh, well, that's all I got. So, yeah, that's uh, Days of Future Past. Got anything else to add? I did have a thought, and I'm trying to recall it. The. Nope, it's gone. But it... nope. It's like yeah, a fart in the wind. It's gone. It's gone. It must have not been that interesting. I'm soaring. So upward like a candy wrapper remember that episode of the simpsons where homer goes yeah. oh i'm soaring upward on the draft like a like a wrapper in the sun or something like that yeah i wish i could remember what i was going to say it's not coming to me it really well we can do it we can do a brief little uh oh what was it i just had it <laughs> all right i'll stop talking for a second um hold on maybe this will help jog my memory what was it what was it? What was it? I've been doing too much toot. Nope, I don't have it. <laughs> um. So I, I'm sorry. I've just lost my whole train of thought because I'm really. I had. I felt like I had something there. You've been doing too much toot. I've been doing too much toot. I'm sorry, folks. But yeah, this was um a good movie. Oh, I know. I I've got it. 
It's okay. not that exciting. <laughs> it's not exciting at all. This film was actually not much of a success domestically. It only made it had a budget of two hundred million. It only made two hundred twenty million domestically. Really, it, it made like every other X Men movie made three quarters of a billion dollars when you take it worldwide. But domestically, it was not really. It was kind of meh, which is why they probably like shit. We got to get the original cast back. But probably, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Dyer. Yes. Next week, what are we yes. watching? We're watching X-Men we Apocalypse. Yes. We are we watching the 2016 film, X-Men Apocalypse? Does that sound right? X-Men Apocalypse? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, that sounds right. I think they're about a couple years apart. Yeah, so that is next week. Dyer, where can the fine folks find your smiling face on the internet uh you can find me on twitter at the real slim Jim, and of course follow us on our page at talk marvel plus dennis where can they find you they can find me at tmp dennis or they can head on over to our patreon to join our discord and our lovely other tiers but for one dollar you get access to the discord over on patreon.com slash talking marvel plus or head on over to anchor.fm and leave us a voice message which we will play on the show or we would really appreciate it if you left us a review on itunes or your podcast platform of choice until next week folks please 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 don't ever forget that it's barbara time for real